chapter twenty four of the submarine boys and the smugglers by victor g durham this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by john brandon chapter twenty four conclusion neither do we propose to surrender called lieutenant jack benson coolly jake get away from that wheel as denham didn't move fast enough jack seized him hurling him several feet away it doesn't make any difference if there are a hundred of you here backed by a battery of artillery the united states navy is still in charge of this vessel go forward every one of you but jake and climb down into that hold you see us going don't you leered hume now boy put down your pistol or you soon won't have any choice about what happens to you drop your own weapon and put up your hands benson commanded sternly covering the skipper it's time to settle with him men cried hume raising his own weapon hume's pistol spit fire but so did jack's a second later the skipper missed then sank to the deck for he had been hit it was the third officer's turn next benson shot him down then turned the weapon on another man ned white not a whit behind began firing too for a few moments the air was full of spiteful flashes of fire shot after shot was fired in the dark night five men of the smugglers were down when the other four throwing their weapons overboard threw up their hands shouting their surrender are you men sure that you've had enough lieutenant jack demanded you bet we are replied one of the seamen from the bengo how about you jake denham benson asked turning whose orders are you going to take now yours jake agreed sullenly ned keep your eyes open but go and pick up the pistols of men who've been hit jack directed throw their weapons overboard this was quickly done no one of the cowed lot now offering any opposition but you wouldn't do this if you hadn't hit me so hard growled skipper dave hume and you wouldn't have been hit at all if you had behaved yourself jack retorted you uninjured men who have surrendered get together and help those wounded men to the cabin look after them as well as you can did you get hit asked ned in a low tone don't believe i have a scratch one bullet kissed my left hand white declared holding up that member around which he had wrapped a handkerchief that's too bad murmured benson too bad eh i'm tickled to death benson i've actually sustained a wound while serving as a volunteer in the navy my father will be proud of me when he hears about it he'll have reason to be jack nodded you put up a good fight against odds that was easy enough scoffed ned all i had to do was follow your lead jake denham in the meantime had brought the schooner back to her course by the time that the wounded men had been placed in the cabin the velvet was in sight of several floating packing cases we can't stop to make too long a search jack explained but i want two or three of these cases as evidence accordingly when near enough the schooner's boat was lowered 
the three remaining men from the bengo comprising her crew three large packing cases were removed and hoisted to the deck of the velvet each case proved to be covered with waterproof material so that the salt water could not injure its contents white will you kindly mark these cases in such a way that they may afterwards be able to identify them jack requested ned complied with the request jake you may keep the wheel until we're fairly started on our homeward course benson added then i will give you a relief with one of these other husky chaps not going to pick up any more cases then white asked no common humanity requires that we now get the wounded men as speedily as possible to a place where they may have surgical aid replied the submarine boy with a fresher wind springing up the velvet made boxhaven bay in about two hours jack directed the schooner's course as close as prudent to the grant now lying snug and secure at her moorings deck watch ahoy jack shouted aye aye sir is the gunner's mate at hand here sir replied the mate stepping out from the turret i am lieutenant benson i know your voice sir mate you will have to leave the engine room force in charge of deck and all bring your two men ashore in the gig and report armed at the velvet's pier very good sir hurry aye aye sir jake was at the wheel as the schooner gently approached her pier with so many hands at the sheets lieutenant jack was able to make an unusually neat landing job of it nor had he been long at the dock when the gunner's mate and two seamen reported armed with rifles take charge of the deck mate jack ordered let no one ashore or aboard without my order very good sir say you ought to let me go whined jake denham think how i've worked for you tonight. i also remember that you fired on us in the mix-up jack retorted dryly you're one of the principal prisoners jake after your skipper you're really it ned was hurried off up to the hotel bel-air to summon such medical aid as could be had jack in the meantime stretched his legs strolling up and down the pier three country physicians responded to the call when they arrived one by one jack passed them on board after the third physician had come jack looked up in time to see five men hurrying on to the pier halt cried one of the seamen from the grant throwing his rifle to port arms no admittance to this pier who commands there called one of the party as the five halted lieutenant benson may i have a word with him demanded the speaker jack walked over to the group i reckon you'll be glad to see us lieutenant smiled the spokesman of the five we're secret service men he threw back his coat the others doing likewise all wore the official badges of the secret service any other credentials asked lieutenant jack cautiously yes this letter by the aid of lighted matches benson was able to read the letter 
it was from secretary sanders and introduced the chief of this squad of secret service men the leader's name was watts i'm glad enough indeed to see you jack greeted them offering his hand mr watts are you authorized to relieve me officially of this outfit that i now find in my hands i'll take charge nodded the secret service leader and i shall also be glad to have something of a statement from you i've been looking for you people all along jack smiled you left washington late didn't you we left washington within two hours after the department received your communication we've had quite a few looks at your craft mr benson from the shore yet you didn't come out and introduce yourselves we could work much better in the shade laughed watts we haven't been idle though as you'll soon learn but show me what you have on board be quick about it if possible begged jack one of my officers has been missing since yesterday afternoon i must find out what has become of him do you mean mr somers asked watts yes have you heard mr somers is at the bel-air now replied the secret service leader i thought white would have sent you word but if he hasn't i'll tell you what happened it seems that somers knocked down in washington an almost half-witted fellow who spoiled one of his new shoes the half-witted one wimpins a would-be actor is filling a summer engagement at the bel-air as a waiter wimpins had the afternoon off yesterday he saw somers going by and trailed him out into the country wimpins struck mr somers down with a club then terrified at his own cowardly act ran away we overheard last night at the hotel that mr somers was missing we suspected the smugglers and so began a very thorough investigation we found that somers had been picked up by a farmer driving over the road he took mr somers to his house then sent for a physician we had mr somers brought to the bel-air where he has the quietest room in the house but how is he doing jack broke in impatiently oh he'll be all right if brain fever doesn't set in that's the danger now while we were on the matter we found out about wimpins and watched his strange frightened behavior until we were impressed with his guilt then we had a mysterious tip sent to the local constables who went after wimpins the lad broke down confessed and is now in the local lockup the worst scared baby anarchist you ever saw he expects to go to the electric chair for murder it's strange though that dr pool didn't tell you anything about somers pool is taking care of your friend and he's one of the physicians sent down here a little while ago come aboard and let me turn this matter over to you begged jack i must get to f somers without loss of a minute in the cabin of the schooner the three physicians were finishing their work of washing and bandaging the wounds dave hume and third officer lefoy of the bengo were the most severely injured of the five men who had been shot none of the patients however was considered to be in a serious condition oh mr benson 
you'll think me an absent-minded fool cried dr poole mr white particularly charged me to tell you about your brother officer mr somers and i forgot the work here made me absent-minded i'm going up to see mr somers right away jack declared you'd only be wasting your time dr poole objected mr somers hasn't a very clear head and wouldn't recognize you is he as badly off as that asked benson paling he has been seriously hurt of course but i have some hopes that mr somers head will be clear by tomorrow in that case he will be up and around inside of a week the physician answered however don't go to see him to-day put it off until i sanction your dropping in at your friend's bedside who's taking care of summers then an excellent trained nurse who happens to be summering here so though terribly anxious jack was forced to go about other duties than the care of his chum when watts took charge he had the uninjured prisoners removed to the county jail while those of the smugglers who had been wounded were sent to the hospital attached to the jail jack withdrew his three men from the schooner returning with them to the grant half an hour after he went on board ned white resplendent in spotless duck clothing came off from shore before the two had finished breakfast a wire came from ensign hal hastings to the effect that he had turned ship and prisoners over to the proper revenue authorities at new york and was now on his way back hal and his nine seamen were on board in time for the noon meal what do you think now of the legal side of my conduct last night lieutenant jack asked ned as the three friends lunched in the wardroom the smugglers will be convicted they'll have to be ned admitted the very act of that third officer and several of his men leaping from the bingo and taking refuge on the schooner coupled with their pistol attack on you will settle the doubts of any trial jury the men are as good as convicted jack benson had already of course sent a telegram to the navy department announcing the success of his work the afternoon he devoted to making up a formal typewritten report to be forwarded by mail while he was so engaged he received from the navy department a telegram of congratulation for himself his brother officers and the crew concerning the smugglers there is not much more to be told the captain and other officers of the bengo were duly convicted of smuggling and sentenced to the penitentiary for a term of years so were the seamen who had jumped overboard with the third officer and had been found on the velvet these men on account of the pistol battle received still heavier sentences as did skipper hume and deckhand jake as it proved besides the bengo another steamer running between new york and havana had been engaged also in smuggling the name of the ship on the havana run was easily ascertained by secret service men at havana who having sampled boxes from the smuggled cargo easily traced that shipment from the manufacturer in havana to the smuggling ship in question 
so the captain two watch officers and a few members of the crew on the havana steamship were also convicted the brains of this gang of smugglers however was a syndicate of three wealthy rascals in new york who had controlled all of these smuggling transactions these three men were promptly caught as soon as some of the other prisoners had confessed their guilt the three leaders in new york are therefore now serving long sentences of imprisonment the smuggling along this part of the new jersey coast was completely broken up it was estimated afterwards that the united states government had been losing customs duties amounting to nearly a million and a half dollars per year that in other words was about the amount saved to the national treasury by the clever work of lieutenant jack benson and his junior officers on the submarine boat it was ten days before f summers was able to be up and about by this time the grant was at newport rhode island engaged on a real set of practice work there on the twelfth day after having been struck f hired an automobile with chauffeur and was taken over to the county jail he went there to see young wimpins when wally was brought into the visitor's room and saw who his caller was he turned deathly pale then tried to bolt don't let him touch me pleaded wally as the jail guard dragged him forward why so tremulous somers demanded the only way that i want to touch you is to shake hands with you will you shake do you mean it asked wally wimpins incredulously yes of course f held out his hand try to forgive me if you can for what i did to you faltered wally i'm going to try to do something more practical smiled f as he took the unfortunate's hand in his own i was kept in after you patted me on the head for only ten days but a lawyer has told me that they're likely to keep you in for from three to five years that doesn't strike me as quite fair i shall be glad enough to escape the electric chair faltered wally i find that i am neither as brave nor as desperate as i wanted to think myself i'm going to try to get you off f announced what gasped wally wimpins unable to believe his ears yes i'm going to see the district attorney smiled somers and show him that you've already been in longer than i was kept in if the district attorney is a real nice sort of a chap i think i can show him the right course to pursue f was as good as his word though he had to move quickly for he longed to be back on duty with his comrades wally was allowed to go on a suspended sentence on condition that he immediately leave the state of new jersey wimpins has given up both the stage and his former notions of vengeance he is now employed as a shipping clerk in a shoe-peg factory in indiana ned white enjoyed to the full his thirty days on the grant he became so accustomed to going beneath old ocean's surface that he soon ceased to think of it when the boat was submerged when his leave was up white 
bade regretful farewell to his young hosts write to us when you get back to your desk in washington urged lieutenant jack benson you may hear from me in the newspapers right away suggested ned with a dark look when i return to the state department my first business is going to be to inflict an awful punishment on that fellow jones the author of the get rich quickly saving scheme what do you think of my idea of luring jones to the top of the washington monument and then throwing him off don't do it begged eph solemnly profit by the wimpin's example work out your spite on jones by letting him die a natural death however we shall again hear from our young submarine friends their further doings of importance are described fully in the next volume of this series which is published under the title the submarine boys secret missions or beating an ambassador's game this exciting narrative has to do with the intrigues that set nations by their ears it gives many a glimpse of the way that governments conduct their affairs with each other our readers will find in this volume a wonderfully fascinating history of events in the affairs of nations that have hitherto not been made public the plot is a thrilling one the action swift and the adventures extraordinary in this new volume we shall also meet several old friends the end end of the submarine boys and the smugglers by victor g durham recording by john brandon